What's up, guys? Welcome to the Bear Savages podcast. This is your host Anudeep. Joining with me today is my co-host Abhinav. What's up, dude? How's it going, everyone? This is Abhinav. Welcome to the Bear Savages podcast. How's it going, man? It looks like a good day to record a new episode. It is, man. I'm actually looking forward to uh, talking about this topic. It's been like a burning topic amongst a lot of us. Uh, especially who are new to the craft beer and wondering what this is um but yeah man things be, things are good and uh, i um i just got to know that uh, there's an update on bjcp and we got uh, the 2021 guidelines released so i'm really excited for that um maybe we should do a podcast on uh, the changes that we uh, that we can highlight from 2015 to 2020 oh yeah you know what? It actually makes up for a good yeah. session. Um, and I'm really interested to see what the new styles are and what the new changes are. I haven't taken a look at it. But yeah, that makes up for a great episode. Yeah, I've actually read a little bit about it uh, and they highlighted the changes. But I think um, it's more like a, a like a, re- a small revision than the um, like a major mm-hmm. change. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to go through it thoroughly and probably we can do a nice episode on that. Awesome, man. So, great. Um, yeah, let's dive into the, today's topic. Uh, what the hell is a craft beer? Uh, Abhinav, uh, you know, I, I, I want you to define from your perspective of like, what do you think of craft beer in your experience? Um, yeah, sure. So, I, I guess this what the hell is a craft beer is a question uh, which rings around many of the um, drinkers around the world. Um, so everybody has their own version of it. It's a highly debatable definition. Uh, so I guess uh, there are many versions to it, but I can give you uh, what I think from my perspective. Uh, so a craft beer uh, can be defined uh, with with the scale of a brewery, as in like uh, the production volume per annum. So say if a brewery has uh, a smaller production rate and then uh, they have they also experiment with a lot of ingredients apart from just going uh, the commercial way whereas in you use a bunch of adjuncts to pre-fill your uh, to pre-fill your beer like as in like to use some sub- substitutes to brew the beer uh, and make more profits uh, by brewing by using less number of ingredients um, whereas the craft um, it's not defined per se but uh, the general assumption is uh, you tend to be uh, very creative and a brewers usually in the craft segment have an artistic approach um, when it comes to the experimentation. Uh, it's just like they just have a bandwidth to experiment more. There are also different dimensions in craft brewing as well. Um, you can also barrel age your beers. I feel like it just... The possibilities are just endless. So uh, there's no set definition. But then again, uh, as per the uh, Brewers Association, uh, they classify a craft brewery based upon the uh, volumes of beer uh, they produce, like I said before. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's my perspective. Uh, there's plenty more to talk about it, but I'll I'll have Anudeep talk about it now. Back to you. That's a... Uh really great insight uh, it's really good that you have touched on different aspects of it of what defines a craft beer um, but even with breweries like uh, 
like for example, Darkfish and Lagunitas mm-hmm. and Ballast Point and Stone and some of the giants, I feel like they are craft, craft beer giants. I mean, they have emerged from a small scale brewery to a, a large one. Yeah. And still, I'm not saying they're competing with the giants, but I think there is a, a scope for craft beer to be uh, uh, reaching the commercial audience uh, in a large scale, uh, considering that they maintain the quality of beer every batch they brew. Because, you know, uh, for example, a, beers, uh, a beer like Midas Touch from Dogfish, can you imagine they released that in 97? Um, and this is like a radical beer. It's not like what you see on the store competing oh, yeah. with lagers. But it has been there from 25 years. So I feel like uh, there's a lot a lot of scope even for the craft beers to expand beyond the horizons, uh, considering they have uh, enough funding, enough capital. Um, but yeah, I mean, coming to the definition, I feel like uh, for me, the way I look at it is the craft beer is always made with these, you know, finest quality ingredients without having any compromise on the quality. Uh, and uh, like you said, it has this, it should have this artistic approach. Uh, I call it like this craftsmanship, mm-hmm. uh, right from picking the ingredients to building the recipe. Uh, and uh, throughout the brewing process where they hit these numbers consistently uh, and also uh, maintain the quality uh, in terms of sensory approach, uh, they maintain the same quality every time. And also um, they have this control over the cold chain as well, which is quite challenging these days. You know, uh, the presentation of beer is more important than how it is brewed in in a sense that nowadays the challenges on uh, how it is presented is more than how it is brewed. So I feel like having that control right from the beginning to the end and repeating it every time is what exactly defines uh, uh, a really good craft beer for me. Uh, and of course, we're going to have challenges with this. Uh, but again, uh, there are people uh, who are doing it without uh, compromising on quality from the start to finish. So I really appreciate those guys for bringing us some kick-ass craft beers. So you know, that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, cheers to that. Uh, cheers to all the all the craft brewers out there uh, for making it possible and then for the for all their hard work and craftsmanship like you mentioned um so i mean when you talk about the uh we talk about the as we are talking about the definition again um there has been no set definition but it's just our perspectives to see uh what has went in and how how does a craft beer stand apart from a commercial beer so since we are defining craft beer um anudeep can you just uh, go over the commercial beer and then just compare it with the craft beer and how it is different, how it stands apart. Exactly. If I have to define a commercial beer, I think like they cater for a large audience, right? The yeah. the masses. So when you're dealing with the masses, uh, like you said earlier, uh, there's a bit of compromise that happens every time because the approach of making commercial beers is quite different because they always look for saving um, saving money, saving time so that they can make profits uh, in in a large scale. So looking at that, that approach might be a little challenging to uh, make way for innovations. You know, there might be might not be a lot of innovations because it's always risky to do something radical and send yeah. it out to la- large audience because if that doesn't sell, uh, and that's a big problem. Yeah. So I think uh, 
commercial beer has uh, as a setback like if you're catering to a larger audience you, you always put audience uh, uh, in the driver seat so now you're going with what they like and you're not taking the you know a, a wheel in uh, putting them in a direction that you want them to be in so i think that's where craft sets a standard of uh, i think it sets a trend uh, in defining you know in in coming up with different beer styles and attracting more and more audience which commercial beer doesn't because at the end of the day it's just about drinking beer um, and catering to the larger audience so i feel like in terms of commercial beer um, if if you look at the whole uh, just zoom out and look at the history and evolution of beers i really think that craft was a thing uh, back in the day like everyone was catering to their own neighborhood uh, which i assume was the case and after the industrialization and uh, after the technology was born then i felt that uh, we slowly started to commercialize things because um, you know uh, for example in the us uh, right so this is where i i can relate to because um, i mean you you can also relate to because we we've been there yeah, yeah. and and we know that uh, you know youngling and uh, shell uh, both have been like uh, like a couple of uh, very old traditional american breweries uh, so and, and and then followed by uh, ab in bev uh, you know now like it, it was anheuser busch uh, back in the day and and it those so of the beers were commercialized in a sense that everyone during that time in the late 1950s you know when the mcdonalds and burger king started to appear and all of these yeah. franchises started to appear so everyone was like expecting to uh, get a burger uh, with same quality everywhere they go so it it has been a thing with every product and yeah. i feel like this industrialization uh, uh, took a, a huge uh, hit in terms of uh, what people expect the product to be and uh, i think everyone fallen kind of fallen into that loop of uh, making products uh, like for the large audience so that wherever they go in the entire entire united states i feel like they you know they can get the same product so this kind of thinking i think revolutionized the commercial segment of like they want to cater to the large audience and of course people didn't um, you know what a beer was like even before prohibition um, um there were a lot of uh, breweries i feel like there were like almost 5000 breweries uh, before prohibition and um, oh, wow. and after prohibition there barely 200 uh, and there there were only like the ones that survived were uh, either they uh, pivoted their business into other uh, other businesses uh, in during the prohibition to mm. survive Uh, or they might have had some sort of a good financial support so those guys uh, slowly from from those 200 breweries i think emerged the giants um, and they start commercializing things after prohibition and and sadly the craft element has gone now because everyone's adapting the their beers to be uh, appealing to a large audience so they just make something light and refreshing easy to drink and i think that's when uh, the whole historical link has been lost uh, which 
came uh, to the US from the Europe immigrants. So I think um, in, you know, in in 1970s, um, mostly like during that time, um, the even before I I talk about that, I feel like uh, there's another brewery, uh, uh, which we you know uh, I've been to San Francisco and visited this brewery called Anchor Steam. Oh yeah, Anchor uh, Fritz Maytag has been like a godfather in terms of reviving uh, uh, the style uh, California Common, and uh, I mean he revived this entire brewery uh, I think in the early uh, 1960s, and uh, he uh, kind of like set a stage for uh, these beers which are versatile and uh, quite different from each other and and uh, then i think it really gave a hope for a lot of uh, uh, home brewers in the us back then because home brewers were like just beginning to uh, start uh, experimenting with different beer styles and try try to learn something from uh, their european friends and uh, i think it was still illegal back then and i think jimmy carter in 1978 uh, lifted the taxes on beer and uh, which is made at home for personal use i think so that's that was a great uh, thing for uh, many home brewers to you know uh, really take it up a notch so i think um, I, I think again uh, from fritz maytag there was a lot of inspiration from a, a lot of these you know uh, uh, highly successful craft breweries now that you see um, all of these breweries were like inspired by anchor in certain in a certain way um, but yeah um, i would i would let you talk about this cuz i know we can go on and on on this oh, uh, yeah. but i i would love to hear your perspective on this yeah i mean mostly um, reflecting on what you've said so far um, you know it kinds of kind of it kind of jogs me through the um, memory lane um and i I've, as we both have the uh, american craft uh, as a background and i can just agree to the most of it right um so you were talking about the you started off talking about the commercial and craft and how does the craft stand apart um so like you mentioned uh, this whole culture of having consistency throughout the uh, you know gigantic geography of america what was kind of making sense uh, back then um and i guess that's why all the mass produced beers uh, are consistent uh, be it miller or bird or anything for that matter everything had every commercial beer was looking clear crystal clear same appearance uh, fizzy same carbonation they tasted the same uh, although they were marketed in a different way um and then i, I guess most of the beer were marketed as uh, drink it ice cold or drink it you know cold list or something of that sort so you know to add to that many yeah, europeans yeah. Um, made fun of uh, american beers uh, cuz it lacked some sort of character yeah yeah i mean it was i think back then it was i think more uh, more like a joke to the europeans uh, because the history that they've got and that's a whole different chapter again uh, makes it makes american beer at that point of time uh, look a little bland or flavorless or nearly flavorless for that matter so yeah i mean this consistency i agree i mean we could have now if i connect the dots of course yeah it makes sense and uh, that was a good point mentioned back then um and then yeah i mean 
1933 a uh, prohibition but then again after that um it took some time uh, the beers were you know just in a sorry state back then again like you've pointed out the year 1978 was actually very fruitful and very essential for the american craft beer history uh, or it actually paved way to a you know to a host of new styles like beat any founding fathers like just in this case fritz maitak or or anyone jack mcauliffe uh we've seen many number of or at least a handful of historical beer styles uh, come back to life uh, and again uh, you've already mentioned about california common a steam beer um and goza uh, we've seen gozas as well and now it's like everywhere uh, in across the us so it was really yeah, crucial I... yeah you wanted to add something No I just want to say that uh, I think most craft brewers also uh, look up to Jack McAuliffe yeah because uh, when he started uh, New Albion Brewing Company um, it was quite pivotal in the whole history of American yeah. craft beers I think that has set a stage for a lot more to come because yeah. I think I'm pretty sure this was uh, back in the 19 uh, 1975 like 76 yeah. I think they started the New Albion Brewing Company and then followed by uh, Sierra Nevada yeah. with a classic pale ale uh, coming out and they also had some other beers like Celebration yeah. Pale and then Sam Adams came up with Boston Lager and some other oh, beers. Oh yeah. That's another story to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know Bells in New Belgium uh, I think so the everyone followed uh, this thing because uh, but I feel like this uh stage has been set by uh, Jack McAuliffe and they still respect him for that and then followed by obviously uh, Ken Grossman um so a lot of a uh, lot of great guys out there man like they really revived like you said a lot of historic styles like goza which is uh yeah uh, in, in a sense that uh in in these new BJCP guidelines uh, in the 2021 guidelines they they removed the goza from the historic styles and put it in a category so how cool is that ah There you go. That's one change for you. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, man. I mean, uh it's a it's a great history. I mean, uh, this uh New Albion Brewing Company like you mentioned, uh it's it's it was I mean, even though it's shut, it was shut very soon. Uh it was one of the founding pillars of the craft beer uh, craft breweries in America. Uh a lot to talk about. Many styles have come in since then. Um and Yeah, I think we should make a podcast on uh, evolution of uh, beers in that sense. So you know that can be a whole another podcast. You know that will uh, be more like a timeline, right? Talking exactly. about the yeah, yeah. that will be amazing. Yeah, that will be amazing. We should do that. And by the way, yeah, I wanted to ask you real quick since you're on the mic. Uh, um, let's let's uh, really talk about uh, the definition of craft from uh, 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 Brewers Association or like from. Uh, all these um, really good industry-related uh, companies, you know. I, I just wanted to like dive into this topic of like what else have everyone around us like categorizing the craft breweries into. Yeah. So this is more from a brewers' association standpoint, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is very important, uh, especially when you're talking about the American beers. Uh, Brewers Association is uh, is like a association for the uh, all the independent and craft breweries out there in America. Um, so 
they have their own definition and again nobody it doesn't have to be you doesn't have to agree to that but again it sort of makes sense it's more like they've defined clear boundaries um so as per them um uh, in terms of production uh if any any beer any brewery uh, has an annual production of 6 million barrels or less is um attributed or considered to be uh, you know part of that craft brewery scale a production scale so this is more this definition is more from a standpoint of a production scale and any any brewery that is you know sort of sort of not um, not majorly owned or uh, let's say about 25% of the craft brewery is owned uh, by a member who's not a craft brewer so these are some of the definitions or set by the brewers association and they also hand over uh they also sport uh individual badge like every brewery or some you, you might have come across some of the if you have tasted uh, american beers you must have come across the independent craft label so this sort of uh, explains and any brewery which is part of the uh, uh which you know checks out all the criteria uh, is handed over this label and they have this sported on their uh, labels yeah i mean uh like you said uh, even i was looking at this uh, uh, book from john hall and he also mentions this aspect of how brewers association kind of defines the uh, craft beer uh, basically into three segments like small traditional and independent craft um, so small again it be beer production like you said it has to be under a certain amount uh, that's and that, that totally depends on uh, the the partners within the company and traditional i think there's a category called traditional which again refers to beers that have been there for a long time like uh, something like youngling and shells um, which are traditional like they've been using their traditional ingredients for a long time um, so and also independent craft like you said less than 25% of the breweries own or controlled by uh, like industry member that is not a craft brewer right so you know uh, a lot of giant beer companies are trying to take over the craft market by buying these small craft breweries that have been successful mm-hmm. and i think independent craft comes into place where if the giant doesn't own more than 25% then you know they can still call it an independent craft so that's a it's a great thing for them but yeah man i think it's a it's all about at the end of the day it's about perspectives and defining what a craft is or what a commercial beer is but it's about you know um, drinking what you like you know yeah so that's the end goal so i think uh, even like like uh, you know you might have seen a lot of uh, misuse happening with the name craft and artisanal uh, i think uh, can you touch on that yeah um so i guess uh i guess we have the same perspectives on this but i'll let you speak on that later but i think uh, this has more recently has turned into a you know uh, a marketing jargons uh, it's more like yeah. uh, since there's already hype around it why not cash on it so it's more like that um so many of the breweries are are sporting a description for a beer saying that this is this has been handcrafted or this is a craft beer uh although many of them are uh, there are some of the breweries which actually you know uh, they just use this 
there's just cash on this term saying that it's a it's a craft beer um and yeah. despite it being some of the beers are mediocre and they don't you know they're not up to the mark but they still have this marketing term saying that ddh double dry hopped or for that matter anything it's a, a host of it'll just right. ho- it'll just open up a portal to a host of new beer terms or marketing jargons which are very intriguing to a layman so yeah i mean there are many many tags out there uh, you know which which are like which are very intriguing but they're actually the brew, the beer has not been brewed up to that mark you know what why, do you think on this yeah you know why uh, a lot of people are getting away with this is because of the lack of awareness from the consumer right so they're like yeah as long as he's selling we're going to play these tricks and fool people absolutely but at the end of the day um, once you you cannot fool a customer many times you know we can fool them once or twice but when they get to know that your beer quality is just subpar and you are like trying to project it as the best one uh just yeah. because they weren't exposed to great beers you cannot fool them maybe you can fool them for some time but again when the time comes you're gone dude so that's a yeah uh, that's a little, I mean, little yeah, thing especially right. in our country like you know how many times have you uh, uh walked into a microbrewery <laughs> and even from your latest experience that Oh, I, you you felt really sorry for the brewer and for the place, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. I mean, uh, you see that happening very often here in India as well. Um, you see a bottle or something uh, which, uh, which says craft artisanal lager, and then you read the ingredients. It's the same bunch of ingredients, and you taste the beer. It's the same beer. I mean, there's no. uh you know it doesn't stand apart there's no distinctiveness to it and it's a very mediocre beer and then you look at the label and then just start laugh about it you know it's more it's more about bringing awareness like you mentioned before uh everybody needs to know what's in there and what is what is actually a craft and what is not right? see it's funny that uh, you, you might have noticed some labels say craft water what the hell is a craft water <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, yeah that's yeah. the thing so it's it's uh, like honestly i'd ask you um, since you've been in bangalore for quite some time i, I would say um, in your uh, in your opinion um, like out of 70 microbreweries how many breweries do you think that are actually making some good quality beers um good question um it needs to be out there uh, i would say uh, you can probably count it on your hands or maybe exactly. i would say about 10 to 12 at the tops not more than that what about you exactly i i wouldn't say it's more than 15 so yeah. there you know the ratio now like it's 15 by 70 and yeah it's i'm not complaining at the end of the day if they are making business it's great for them because uh, you know they're paying all these taxes and all but again you cannot fool a consumer yeah. in giving a subpar product and get profits out of it so that's what uh bothers me in in that perspective absolutely yeah um but again you know uh, ultimately i feel like you make anything but uh, you make it in a way that it's drinkable you know that's the first thing i always look for in a beer mm-hmm. and uh, uh i feel like if i try a sampler uh, does it make me ask for more when i taste it yeah if that is checked then i feel like they doing a good job irrespective of what style they brewing and you know we've had this uh, discussion uh, many times that uh, a brewer doesn't have to brew according to the bgcp guidelines because it's not a competition yeah but also yeah because this is a business and they're catering to their own audience i still feel like 
they have to keep their audience in mind because you know they are the ones who are bringing bringing them the business uh but they also shouldn't make a style of like you know they shouldn't make a hefeweizen and call a belgian made you know yeah <laughs> so your video draw a line like how do you define a style you i mean you you have a boundary for every style that you can play around with and uh, if you are upfront with it fine i mean if if your audience uh, like a belgian wit which is not as dry as what the like classic ones are good no problem but it should also be drinkable in that sense that you're honoring the style but at the same time you're making it more appealing to your own audience so that's what matters you know yeah absolutely um like you said uh, any any beer um, which is accepted by consumers again uh, uh, not not a wit marketed as a hefe or vice versa but any beer that is drinkable and accepted by the consumers uh, i mean it's up to it's up to them to brew it and you know adapt it uh, as per the local consumers preference but again um, uh, yeah speaking of consumers uh, a, the criticism uh, sometimes the brewers or a brewery receives is absurd like they they have no idea they don't there's no constructive criticism yeah, yeah. you get it like there's no uh, you know a feedback which will not help the brewers i've seen many consumers giving it right back to the brewers saying that this beer is bad again the mm-hmm. bad has a very vague meaning to it and it also yeah. changes from person to person what do you think on that dude uh, you brought up a great point actually because um yeah i've noticed the same thing like you said i totally resonate with that because many people out there no offense but to be honest i feel like this crap beer especially in in our country in india has been a thing for everyone outside like everyone outside of crap beer like oh yeah this is something new uh, and everyone kind of became like an expert uh, not everyone but like mostly um, you know the the ones who even who doesn't know a lot about crap beer started talking yeah. about crap beer in a sense that i mean it's fine if it's it's fine at the end of the day they're liking it or they're not liking it it's it's totally fine but like you said this constructive criticism is missing and it's not helping the brewers in any way because if someone reviews it and calls it uh, you know calls a beer it's good or bad uh, and doesn't go beyond that and that really affects it because there's no good or bad beer you know what yeah. is good and what is bad it just changes from person to person because it's all subjective right right so in that sense uh, i feel like there's a lot of gap between uh, the general audience and breweries making beers uh, because now uh, these general audience uh, always go by the recommendations by their friends who they think have a good understanding on craft beers because you know if if i look at a friend who posts a lot about uh, going to breweries in the weekends and and i i don't know anything about craft beers then i i would just look up to him and say like hey dude what do you recommend and if that guy is in wise enough or uh, is in empathetic enough to understand uh, you know what is what is a craft beer and and then there's a problem because he's going to talk from his perspective and if his perspective is not uh, up to the mark in a sense that if he doesn't go past beyond saying a beer is good or beer is bad or don't go to this place because i've had this xyz experience sometime back so that really holds up a lot of people uh, because it's ultimately it's about uh the word of mouth uh, that you get from your own circle of friends yeah um so i think we have a huge responsibility to change that uh, to be more sensible and to be more constructive in criticism and 
uh, dude, you know how many times we have had beers which were, you know, not up to the mark, and we were like uh, talking, like we obviously were talking to the brewers because we know that's where the problem gets solved, and not going on social media and ranting about it. Yeah. Unless unless the management or brewers doesn't uh, give a crap about uh, our feedback, then there's a different way, different approach that we can look up to. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think that uh, brings a uh, a really good discussion up, and I think we can probably make a short episode on like how to define a big beer, like good beer versus bad beer, or like you like it or you don't like it. So some something in the lines of that. Yeah, that'll be helpful. Yeah, the short episodes on uh, how to uh, put things into a uh, into a right perspective. It's like how to uh, you know how to talk about a beer and how not to talk about a beer. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, we're not saying there's a specific way to talk about a beer, but we are saying that it, you know, things like it has to be constructive, it has to be uh, the complaints or the feedback has to go through a proper channel uh, because you ultimately, at the end of the day, you want to address the issue. Going on social media doesn't uh, address the issue, it'll, it'll only make it worse for any business out there. So yeah. I feel like there's a direct uh, platform for you to approach the brewery and if that doesn't work out then you have your social media so i feel like that taking that first step in reaching out to that company is what brings a lot of difference you know everyone is trying to survive at the end of the day uh, it is a craft beer business it's a very small business uh, we're just getting started in india so i think we have a long way to go and we need more sensible audience and i think that's where uh, we have more responsibility to take it forward in a way where it is more constructive. Absolutely. Yep. So that, I guess that calls for a new short episode. So listeners out there, just stay yeah. tuned for that. We have short series as well. So we're going to talk about, uh, just like how Anadeep mentioned, uh, how to distinguish a good and bad beer and plenty more of those in shots. So that's a different episode. Dude, I really enjoyed this conversation today. Uh, I loved it. Uh, and I think, you know, we should have more of these uh, casual talks uh, while we address the issues. At the same time, we talk from our, our own perspectives. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, agree on that. Uh, totally agree on that. It was really good. Uh, it actually brings. So when two people talk on this topic, it actually brings in a lot of different perspectives and, you know, different angles to it. And I absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, so any closing notes you got there for the listeners? Yeah, I feel like I just want to say, uh, like to sum it up, this whole thing, I would say, um, you know, personally, I feel like I still love to walk into a, a small local microbrewery and support their local business in a way where I can bring more business or I can use my platform to support them and reach out to more audience uh, and uh really support those uh, who are truly passionate about their beers. Um, so uh, I'll drink any beer, talk with any brewer, and really love to cover these, uh, you know, the news from all these different breweries, uh, regardless, big or small, as long as the beers are good. So I feel like I want to, you know, uh, break things down for people to make it even more easier so it makes more sense for them to connect uh, to the breweries and brewers. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the more we acknowledge and appreciate uh, and understand beers, its uh, significance in the history and its social place in our world, I think the more fulfilling uh, a drinking experience we'll have. 
very well said so that's my yeah. closing note very well said that was really good um, what are your final thoughts um i would say just to um, you know put it simple i would say always respect your beer give it give it all uh, uh its due respect and be it a good beer or bad beer uh, there's always brewers or someone else's effort in there so just if it's good appreciate it if it's bad talk about it uh, and just uh, next time whenever you're just sipping on really really good just remember where it had come from and how much of effort has gone into it so um yeah and again the points you've already touched always support your local craft brewery um it's not like we're against commercial but uh the community is very small in terms of craft and you know you see the people who are behind it and you interact with them so that's what really matters at the end um so yeah i guess that's about it from my end anything else so that's a great cl- closing note uh, it was a really great closing note um Thank That's you. awesome man. Uh really enjoyed this conversation and I feel like we can do much more of these and um yeah I mean that's uh I think that's all we got for today. Thanks for listening and uh if if it makes sense to you uh we highly recommend suggesting um uh, a podcast to your own uh, friend circle uh, so that we just want to reach out to more audience and make sense to more people. and subscribe to us and follow us on all the platforms or wherever you are listening to this podcast on we are on uh, apple spotify google so and give us a shout out on your social media platforms and help us grow man that's all uh, we ask that's all we ask all right guys so that about wraps it up that's about it for this episode until next time join us as we embark our journey to seek enlightenment in you cheers, cheers.